Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Jesus Calls Us or the Tumult. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. Thankfully, as we uh, address all the the tumult, uh, the tumult, the the tumult, <laughs> you know, all these things, uh, hard words to say, but the consternation of selecting hymns, I get to call on you guys, as Jesus calls us, or the tumult. <laughs> <laughs> or over the tumult, tumult as uh, yes. most people would say, uh, <laughs> referencing the tumultuous nature of uh, what it means to follow Jesus. So uh, now we are paired with Mark chapter one, um, Jesus calling um, Simon and Andrew. Yep. Um, and so Jesus, uh, Jesus, I mean Zachary, uh, tell us a bit about this hymn and why uh, and why this hymn was written. Sure. So the hymn, um, we can't quite rid ourselves of uh, St. Andrew, uh, even though we've tried not to celebrate his day, this hymn uh, appears. Um, and uh, it's actually listed uh, oftentimes as the, the first um, minor festival or uh, recognition on the church calendar occurs at the end of November, St. Andrew's Day. And that's why the hymn, that's why the hymn was written. Um, so uh, the gospel for that day um, is John 1, 35 to 42, which is sort of echoing what we heard last week, actually, of finding uh, we found the Messiah, that, that same calling. And, um, and uh, the epistle text uh, that still exists uh, there, uh, now listed for St. Andrew's Day, is Romans 10. Um, how can they hear without one preaching? Uh, that remains the epistle, and it's from that text and Matthew's parallel account of um, Andrew's uh, well encounter with Christ, basically that that um, our poet takes her, uh, the inspiration for this for this hymn. Um, the The prayer of the day, which was also uh, referenced um, in connection with the hymn, goes this way: uh, "Grant unto us all that we, being called by the holy word." may forthwith give up ourselves obediently to fulfill thy holy commandments. Uh, so you can hear echoes of all of that kind of language throughout this hymn, and uh, and that's why it was written originally. Yeah, that's, you know, Andrew doesn't get a lot of press. Um, you know, Simon Peter gets uh, most of the most of the work here, but, um, but, but Andrew, the kind of the quiet obedience always has this figure of, uh, Jesus called and he went for this, right? He Mm -hmm. did it as well. He, uh, was called away from family and home and job and just followed, uh, Jesus. Um, you don't usually hear that it was just, you know, maybe his brother was coming, told him to come along, but... (laughs) Yes, details not covered, right? Yeah, but that's but this picks that right up. Um, what's that in uh, in verse in in uh, stanza two? Mm-hmm. Um, that it's really about Andrew, um, uh, who heard this call of Christ and went and followed along. Um, the uh, um, but it also you know it, even the word tumult in here talks about this 
this difficulty of life. And if you read through this um, and sing through this this hymn, you'll you get the sense that you might have to live a life of misery in following Christ. Yeah, there there is a little bit of that in here, and I think well, I think there's a couple things going on. First, when when we talk about um, in the second stanza with with Andrew hearing this call and leaving everything behind, as you mentioned. Um, it almost seems redundant, right? We've heard about this theoretically. It's been, uh, we've heard a sermon on the same kind of uh, thing um, and and heard this repeated. And now we're going to turn around and sing about it again. I think um, the reason some of this exists uh, is because our poet knows that kind of language is something uh, we still talk about today, <laughs> but uh, this is not easily executed. Um, just like the prayer of the day says that we may fulfill or follow your holy commandments. Well, uh, we know how this goes from day to day. Um, I was just uh, the other day, um, got a couple of emails from different people who are members of the choir uh, in the congregation uh, where I serve as director of music. And, um, uh, you know, they said, well, gee, we'd love to be there for this rehearsal or this next coming thing, but we have family obligations. And so family comes first. So um, as much as we're, we'll, we're in and we'll remain in a political season of saying uh, faith, family, and friends, and faith always comes first in that list, uh, we know what it is to live in a world where it's not so easy to pick up and say, yeah, Christ, I can leave all this behind because your call is so strong. And it's it's part of the reason, I think, that even in writing this prayer uh, in, in, in a sung form, we turn and say, let's remember what uh, St. Andrew did. So you're saying you're not going to dedicate the anthem that day to those who couldn't be there, uh, <laughs> to, to uh, guilt everybody to be part of the choir? No, no, though I have heard of some who send uh, postcards uh, with pictures of the choir saying, we missed you when we they don't show up. So that's just a slightly <laughs> more direct, uh, well, well, I suppose passive-aggressive form of Lutheran guilt. Um, that's not what the second stanza is after. Uh, however, it is to recall a little bit of of. of what scripture is saying here, and it puts the rest of these difficult, seemingly difficult stanzas in their proper context. So uh, if we think about um, it, it sounding um, like we have to devote ourselves to a life of misery here, to leave home uh, toil and kindred, as the hymn says, behind, uh, all for Christ's uh, sake, um, well, uh, it does say something about where these things rank on the flow chart uh, uh, or God's flow chart of priorities um, that uh, the hymn calls each of these vain, uh, the treasures of these world of this world vain, empty, uh, really uh, idols. Uh, all of these words are used. Um, and it says all of these things actually keep us from hearing Christ's call to follow him alone just yeah. as the commandments are finally going to say, have no other God before me. Yeah, I mean, think, think yeah. of what that's actually saying about uh, our lives, right? That Jesus', is, um, Jesus call is interrupting our lives, and we're like, not yet, all right? I'll get <laughs> right. to you when it's your turn, rather than his call actually is life to us. Uh, and that we see that his, his word, his promise as an interruption or uh, as, a, um, as something that's taking us away from what we truly love, really that just shows us where where our heart truly is and what Christ still has to work on uh, mm -hmm. us to do sure. um, yeah. is to say, um, you know, 
Jesus isn't taking you away from your great joy in order to give you his misery. He's <laughs> taking you away from that which leads you to death right. in order that he can give you life. It yeah. really is. I mean, and, and it's not about guilting people into seeing that. It's about noticing that that's what Christ is doing in the world, right? Guilt doesn't actually help us um, get through that. It's actually the, the, uh, what Christ does in forgiving our sin and removing us from, from guilt that makes us see that, oh, yeah, uh, life with Christ, as, as Andrew finds out, is not one of misery, um, but it is one of life. Yeah, I think to that same point, the, the um, fourth stanza doesn't, uh, won't quite let us completely remove ourselves from life, right? Or even Christ's call to follow. So it says that um, we do live with joys, concerns, work, leisure, cares, pleasures. And all of these, in all of these, is an opportunity here to say, uh, that uh, that Christ has called us into work in these ways. Um, it's fairly obvious what joys, concerns, and work might mean. Most of us are doing that. But I thought, too, you know, leisure. How about in retirement? Uh, for those that are in retirement, God still has work f- for you there um, uh, in, in uh, opportunities to give this promise to, to a neighbor. Um, and so all of these are, are opportunities to, to speak what, what God has first given us. Well, also in the text this week, it's about John's arrest. Um, and uh, so I wonder if there's other hymns that would focus on, on this weekend's text as well. Yeah. Um, one that uh, works rather well um, is, uh, and I'll mention one here, I think, um, is another call to follow, but I think it perhaps more helpfully places this call to follow in a in a context of what Christ has actually said to us. And that would be ELW 799, Come Follow Me, the Savior Spake. Um, it's one I think we've talked about uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it says that following Christ specifically means clinging to his word, and that in suffering— in toils or tumult, if you like, um, that we can actually be undaunted, uh, unwavering, if you will, in this, in this, in these difficulties, um, because Christ has said, "I give you the crown of heavenly life." Um, it is not a direct uh, reference to this scripture reading, um, but if you struggle with how to um, preach with or around the hymn uh, suggested, the first hymn, you might run off to the other hymn, which is included in many other hymnals. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary Stanza by Stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.